The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So today we're going to be practicing the metta practice, the Buddha's practices of loving kindness. This word metta is usually or often is translated as loving kindness. It's got the the quality of the feeling is one of open-heartedness, of a sense of connection with others. Uh, and it, it um, is moving in the direction that the quality when fully cultivated has uh, the quality of, of being unconditional. It doesn't need anything in return. Um, and it, it can, the, the description of the quality fully developed is that it is boundless, that the heart is open to all beings everywhere, a, a kind of a radiating feeling of the open heart. Um, it's a beautiful, a beautiful quality of the heart, and it, it has a very healing property to it. A few times I've really connected with that feeling. It's, it, it is just such a, that, um, you know, the, when we, when we can really connect to that open heart, unconditional, um, more boundless quality, it, it has a very nourishing feeling to it. It feels, and for me, when I, the first time I really felt it, it's like, wow, this is the feeling I've been looking for. You know, this is, this is what I've been wanting back from others. And here it is. It's in this heart. It doesn't need anything in return. It's such a beautiful uh, quality to cultivate. So we can cultivate this quality in a systematic way. The, uh, the Buddha gives instructions in the suttas that are, not so systematic. He, he says, I think the, the, the quote is something like, one should abide pervading one quarter, a quarter of space, so like to the north, <laughs> abating, abide pervading one quarter with a mind imbued with kindness. Likewise the second, likewise the third, likewise the fourth quarters. So above and below, around and everywhere, and to all as to oneself. I will abide pervading the all-encompassing world with a mind imbued with kindness, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. Those are the instructions in the suttas. So to me, those are kind of challenging instructions. You know, the, <laughs> it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't give a lot of uh, traction to someone who, who has a challenge with this uh, with this quality, which for me, I definitely had a challenge with this quality. I did not, the first, the first few retreats that I sat where this practice was taught, it's like, I just couldn't stand it. I just got up and left, you know, I just did not want to be trying to do this. It, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, also when I tried to do it, it was just so painful. So it was, a, it was a long process for me around transforming to uh, actually connect with this practice. So if there are difficulties with this practice, be, and during the questions, please bring them up, because um, you're not alone. You're not alone if this, if this is a challenging practice. For some people, this is a very natural practice. And um, 
you know, that's partly why we teach it. I mean, we teach it as a purification practice to help us to see where we're caught and stuck around this quality. And we also teach it because for some people it really opens the doorway into, um, into the practice of meditation. So the, um, while the, the Buddha's instructions in the suttas are not that specific... The commentaries, fortunately, gave us a little bit more um, instruction. So the practice that we're going to be teaching today is very old. It, 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 may, it may even be older than the Buddha. Um, the understanding is that this practice of loving-kindness was kind of in the field in India at the time of the Buddha. So the, this formal practice that we're teaching is recorded in the commentaries, but it's not completely sure whether it um, it's predates the Buddha or not. So this systematic method kind of gives us some baby steps to begin to connect with this quality of kindness. So the techniques, one of the techniques in the commentaries begins by uh, picking specific people and starting from where it's easy from self from from oneself and from people that for whom it's easy to connect with uh, we begin with individuals uh, wishing kindness for specific individuals so that it becomes very specific very grounded in the instructions in the suttas it's it's more of a pervasive sense of pervading space with this quality of kindness to whomever it meets. And this, this brings it back to specifics. And I think this is helpful because we will go through different categories as the day goes on today. We will go through the category of self, of what is called a benefactor, someone for whom it is um, relatively easy to connect with, uh, a dear friend, a neutral person, a difficult person, so we'll go through these five categories of people and pick specific individuals for each of those categories. And roughly, you know, everybody in, in the world will fit into one of those categories. Sometimes we fit into more than one um, of those categories. I mean, somebody once said that if we think of sending metta to ourselves, that maybe sometimes we might be all five of those, all, all of those categories, you know, that we're, that we're our own benefactor, that we're our own friend, that, we're our, that sometimes we just feel like we're just a neutral person to ourselves, and sometimes we feel like we're our own enemy. So that, um, you know, that beings may kind of shift between categories, but everybody in the world will fit into one of those categories. And so making this specific kind of begins to... Um, highlight for us where whereas sometimes we can have the sense of oh yes of course I wish everybody on the planet to be happy and healthy but then when we think of this specific individual well maybe except for that person so this helps to to make it real bringing in specific people helps to make it real and helps to uncover for us those places where our heart is just not quite ready to open So this is a practice of purification. It is sometimes called a purification practice, which basically means that as we engage in this practice, we we hit up with things that are um, in the way of that quality. So this is not a mistake when this happens. 
I want to put that out there at the beginning. One of my metta teachers, uh, Guy Armstrong, talks about this practice as being as if we're running a metta magnet over our hearts. And what does a magnet do? You know, it pulls its opposite out. So what this is this practice is doing is to pull, essentially to pull things that are not metta into consciousness so that we can become aware of them. So that part of the practice, we begin to cultivate this quality of this open heart, begin to touch into what that is like, that sense of connectedness, of kindness. But we also begin to touch into those times, those feelings that are not metta. So it's not a mistake if that comes up for you during the day. Actually, if that comes up for you, it probably means the practice is working. So you can take some encouragement from that, even though it may not feel very good. So um, the practice is different than our mindfulness practice in, a, in one major way. In our mindfulness practice, we're typically... meeting our experience in a wordless way. We're, we're connecting with the direct feeling of experience. In the metta practice, we are using words actively. We cultivate this quality of the heart by dropping or bringing phrases to mind that evoke the, the wish for kindness. So, for instance, for oneself, we, the kind of typical phrases which reflect uh, different aspects of this intention to kindness, would be, may I be happy, may I be healthy, may I be safe, may I live with ease. So we use these phrases as a way to incline the mind towards this quality of kindness. So this is what is called a reflective practice. We're using thought to help incline our minds towards a particular quality. Part of the ways reflective practices work is um, when thoughts are really powerful. You know, if you think a thought, I mean, and we all know this in a way, you know, if, you, if, you, if a memory pops into your mind about, um, about a, a, a challenging situation, you know, if, you, if, if a memory comes to mind about something challenging that happened to you yesterday what often happens is that the feelings come up with that. What we don't always recognize, actually, is that it's the thought, it, oftentimes it's a thought that will create the feeling. It's a response to the thought that creates the feeling. So likewise, if you bring up in your mind um, a person that you, you know, a, a situation that made you smile, some, some experience or situation that, that made you feel pretty good. Again, the, the feeling comes with it. So this, this practice taps into this power of thought. And by using thought, we begin to incline our minds towards this quality of kindness. So it's not a mantra practice. It's not just saying the phrases... Um, without, I'm just kind of saying the phrases, may I be happy, may I be healthy, you know, just, just kind of repetitively saying the phrases. It's really important 
in this practice because it is about reflection to connect with the actual meaning of what you're saying. Now, this, this can be done in a very simple way. On one retreat, um, I was kind of stuck in my metta practice. I did a month-long metta practice. And at one point, it just felt so dry, and I felt like I couldn't feel anything. It's like, okay, well, I can just say the phrase and know the meaning. And it's just the dictionary definition. May I be happy, you know? Yeah, I know what that means. May I be happy. I couldn't quite touch into, I couldn't touch into any feeling around that. But just... May I be happy. May I be healthy. Just understanding the meaning of what we're saying. And through that process of just connecting with the meaning, and then another key piece of this practice, actually, for me, the the key that unlocked this practice for me was to, each time I said the phrase, may I be happy, I took a moment to just check in. It's like, how does it impact my experience to have made that wish. May I be happy. Just take a moment to check in in the area of the heart. May I be healthy. Check in in the area of the heart. How does it feel to have um, made that wish? So for me, this made it a kind of embodied practice. Um, It's connecting with how is the mind and body responding to this wish. And that's crucial because um, if it's just the thoughts without connecting to the sense of what's happening as a result of those thoughts, then you can miss either the, the opening to this quality of kindness and you could also miss perhaps some of the, 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 the tightening, the contraction, the, the tension that can happen. The, the purification aspect I mentioned a couple of minutes ago that as we make these wishes, sometimes the opposite comes up. So we make these wishes knowing their meaning and checking in, feeling what is the impact of these wishes. This is actually how reflection practice works. When we bring something into our minds, we connect with how does it impact us to have that thought. It's also a practice of intention rather than uh, affirmation, I guess I would say. So these phrases are worded in a specific way. May I be happy? May you be happy? As opposed to the kind of affirmation, you know, I love myself, I am happy, I am healthy. Um, it's, It's phrased in this expression of a wish as opposed to a demand, partly because sometimes the mind will, um, you know, kind of rebel or or bounce off of phrases that are "I am happy," "I am healthy," "I love myself," because it may not be what the feeling is. So it can feel like, in effect, that we're, you know, fighting with um, with what's actually happening. So this. Um, this phrase, may I be happy, is tapping into the wish for well-being, which is actually a fundamental wish that we share. It may be kind of covered up for many of us, and for myself it was definitely really covered up. 
but when I began to see, I mean, on an early metta practice, I would, I would see, you know, like, oh, may I be happy, may I be healthy. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I could see that may I be happy, may I be healthy, you know, I could say those a little bit, and then may I be safe, I'd start to clinch on. And, and, and I would just be about to give up, but then my, my mind would go, no, don't give up on yourself. And I said, oh, that's it. That's that wish. Don't give up on yourself. That's that connection to that sense of, I do want to be happy. So in beginning to just connect with those subtlest movements of where is it that we can connect with this wish? So the the kind of traditional phrases are translated into English are, may I be happy, may I be healthy, may I be safe. May I live with ease. Um, and, you know, you, you, you can play with these phrases. These, there's nothing magic about these phrases. And you might want to, over the course of the day, find phrases that really resonate with you, that express um, these qualities, these aspects of happiness. The, the, just the basic happiness, the quality of mental and physical well-being, the safety, and the, just the living, uh, the, the aspect of living with ease. Sometimes I find it helpful, and one of the also keys for me in doing the metta practice was to um, phrase it kind of, um, to fr- sometimes phrase them in the negative. So, may I be free from disease may i be free from illness may i be free from distress may i be um, free from suffering actually the pali phrases for these are mostly in the negative the um, the words are may you know may i be may i be free the the words have a negative um, uh, Particle on the beginning of the, of the word, so that it's they're all kind of, or not all, but the three of them are phrased in the negative. So for me, that was actually helpful because it was it was harder for me to wish myself and others may I be happy. It was easier to wish myself may I be free of distress. So if that resonates for you, you can play with using negative phrasing for these phrases as well. So the kind of mechanics of the practice are to, um, we'll be going through these various categories through the day, and as we engage with each of these categories, um, we bring to mind that being in some in some fashion. It may that we may bring that being to mind either as an image. If that is, if you tend to be a visual person, sometimes we can bring an image of the person to mind, or an image of yourself if you're working for yourself with yourself. Um, if you're bringing an image to mind, it, it can be really helpful to imagine your the person doing something that you would think they would enjoy, so that you're imagining them in a kind of a happy situation. 
This can be a very creative practice, you know, so in saying each of these phrases, you know, one one, um, person talked about envisioning their dear friend, you know, doing something they really enjoyed for the phrase, may I be happy, you know, taking a hike in the woods, and then may I be healthy, they envisioned them, you know, on the treadmill, you know, in the gym, you know, doing something for themselves to be healthy. You know, may I be safe, envisioned them in their home uh, with their family, that kind of thing, you know, that, um, uh, so you can, be, you can be creative with this practice. So if visualizations works for you, that's one way to connect to the being. Um, if visualizations don't particularly resonate for you, another way is to get a sense of, if it's for yourself, a sense of what does it feel like to be here now in this body? You know, to actually just connect here and now with the feeling of oneself. For me, that's what was useful as a, uh, for myself. With another being, it's interesting actually, what I found helpful is because I, I had a difficulty with the visualization. I could get a flash of an image, but then it would go. But that little flash of an image gave me a sense of that person. And then I connected with, what does it feel like when I'm with that person? And so just, just right now, pick... Pick somebody that you, you know pretty well and imagine that you're with them. And just imagine that you're sitting across from them in some fashion. So what's that feeling of you with that person? And now pick somebody else. Uh, pick pick a, a completely different person and get a sense of what is it like to sit with that person in your mind? What is it like for you with that person? So again, for me, that, that was a, a way to touch into some qualities of the person in a, in, a, in a kind of a felt way. Kind of a sense of, how am I with this person? And I often find it helpful with any of these methods to, um, when it's, not oneself that we're wishing the metta towards, but to prepend the phrase, may I be happy, with the name of the person. Mark, may you be happy. Joan, may you be happy. For me, that begins to call, that just saying the person's name helps to call them into, into mind. And so with each phrase, we refresh, reconnect with the, the person, the being that we're connecting with. Say the phrase, may I be happy, may you be happy. Understand the meaning of the phrase. And then connect back with the area of the heart, which is the, the kind of the area of intention, the area where we can often feel subtle shifts of emotion and mood in this area and just see how, how has it impacted you to, to make that wish. And then the next phrase. So there's no race that we're on in terms of saying these phrases. You can take your time with each phrase. However long it takes you to connect with your friend or connect with the being, connect with the phrase, understand the meaning, and refresh the attention in your heart. And then move on to the next one.
So in the guided meditations, as I do them today, um, I will offer phrases, offer a kind of a pacing for you. But uh, it's just a suggestion. You don't have to feel like you have to go at that pacing. And the majority of the time during these sittings, I will be silent so that you can explore this practice on your own. So we'll do, start with the sitting now. And it'll be a half an hour sitting. Um, if you need to stand up for 30 seconds before we start, you're welcome to do that. So begin by allowing yourself to sit comfortably, as comfortable as you can. Really helpful in metta practice to have the body be as comfortable as possible. So relaxing the body, but allowing the body also to be upright. And allow the attention to rest in the area of the heart. Just notice what you notice in that area. Just be aware of that area around your heart. There's no right or wrong feeling. Just whatever is present. It's said that the proximate cause of metta is connecting with the beautiful. And so it can help with metta practice to begin by We'll begin doing metta this first sitting with metta for self. So begin by reflecting on some qualities that you appreciate about yourself. If the opposite kinds of qualities come up, just Gently thank them for their opinion and move on to connect with qualities that you appreciate. One quality that we all share is this coming together to cultivate this beautiful quality. This is a rare thing that you're wanting to spend a day here to cultivate this quality of loving kindness. That's a beautiful quality that you can appreciate about yourself. And 
And also spend some time, a few moments, reflecting on kind things that you have done. They may be very simple, kind actions. Allowing somebody to go ahead of you in the grocery store or smiling at a friend or taking some soup to somebody who was ill or anything that you've done and kind things that you've done. As you do this, see what is the impact this has on your heart? Connecting with the sense of yourself in whatever way feels most helpful for you as an image, as a felt sense. We'll begin expressing the wish of kindness to ourselves. With each phrase, understanding the meaning of the phrase, and taking a moment to connect in with how has this landed in your experience? How has it impacted you to make that wish? May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I be safe. May I live with ease. May I be happy. May I be healthy. May I be safe. May I live with ease. With each phrase, Connecting with the sense of yourself. If possible, if there's a sense of caring or connection with kindness, touching into that, understanding the meaning of the phrase, and refreshing the attention in the area of the heart May I be happy. May I be healthy.
May I be safe. May I live with ease. Sometimes I find it helpful to imagine as if the wish or the phrase was being spoken in the heart. So continuing in your own time, offering these wishes of kindness, of goodwill to yourself.
You'll notice, of course, that the mind wanders just as it does in mindfulness practice. So when that happens, see if you can let go of the pull to the thinking and reconnect with the area of your heart. Begin again wishing thoughts of goodwill for yourself.
So sometimes, if it gets difficult, um, I just want to speak a little bit about working with difficulty. As I mentioned earlier, that as a purification practice, things not metta will come up, and this is completely normal. Um, sometimes I think that the, the first way to work with that, just seeing if you can work with that, is um, just to see if you can allow that feeling to, to be there and see if you can keep going with the wishes. So to see if there can be both that allowing and the wishes at the same time. Um, Sometimes it can help if it's a, it's a stronger feeling um, to kind of wish that part of yourself that's struggling to have ease. May that part of me have ease. That part that feels so tight and contracted have ease. So that, that can also be a way to, uh, to work with difficulty. At times I found that... Um, for myself with metta practice, that sometimes, for me this typically happens as I've done it for longer, you know, as, as I've done it for like half a day or something, that it's like the, the accumulated purification gets strong and it, it almost feels like I've got this vice grip around my whole chest. And um, so painful, very painful and sometimes even so painful that it just drives the phrases out of my mind. I can't even think of what the metaphrases are. And when that kind of thing happens, then it's not helpful to try to force yourself. Ah, what is that? May I be happy. Oh, right. That's not so helpful. What I have found helpful at that kind of time is to switch to compassion practice, which there's a compassion practice. It's very analogous to the metta practice. It has one phrase... May I be free from this suffering. And for me, I could remember that phrase. And it much more resonated with what was happening. You know, that there was suffering happening. And to just express that wish. The wish of compassion is the wish for freedom from suffering. And so to turn that phrase, may I be free from the suffering, to use that instead of the several metaphrases. And... Um, if that still feels too challenging, um, you can let go of the metta practice and turn to the mindfulness practice. Open to the, what is this feeling that has come up? You know, can I, can I be with this feeling? Can I allow or accept that feeling as it is? So we have a couple of minutes for uh, maybe a couple of questions, if there's any questions. Just Could we use the the mic? Can you just say the negative phrases again? Um, So they might be things like, um, may I be free from distress? May I be free from illness? Or mental and physical illness? May I be free from danger? Then the, 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 the last one, may I take care of myself happily. That one in the Pali is phrased in the positive, so I don't have a negative phrase for that one. 
Um, but you know the uh, you can play with what works for you. At one, at one point, I was using may be free from animosity. That one was a good one for me. Uh, that seemed to be a big part of my um, experience. <laughs> um, so may I be free from animosity. Um, may I be free from danger. So um, we'll be doing a walking here, and the practice is pretty much the same. We just do keep saying the phrases while we're walking. And you can do this as a formal back-and-forth walking if you wish. Um, when I do this on a long retreat, often I'm doing it on a retreat where... Um, Everybody else is doing Vipassana practice, and so I kind of want to blend in with what everybody else is doing. And so I do the back-and-forth walking and, exp- and wish the phrases to myself. And you know, one or two phrases per pass, you know, if you're doing a 30-foot walk. And you don't have to walk really slowly. In fact, it's not helpful to walk really slowly doing the metta practice. Walk at a normal pace, uh, or maybe a slightly slower than normal pace. Because it's not the movement that you're connecting with. It's the expressing the wish and, again, connecting back in with the area of the heart. How does it impact the heart? So just keep the phrases going. Say the phrase, understand the meaning, connect back in with the area of the heart. Notice how it's impacted you. Um, You can also do this by taking a walk through the neighborhood. That's fine. If you just want to do this as a walk through the neighborhood, one of the ways you can play with that, I'd like to encourage this walking to be primarily metta to self. But when you're out in the world, it's also great to, uh, whenever you come into contact with any other being, you know, a bird flies by or uh, a puppy dog, you know, sits, sits at the side of the path, you know, it's like, may you be happy, <laughs> may you be well. Uh, to, to connect this metta with any being that you come in contact with. But basically keep it going for yourself. But then, you know, as you see people um, express that wish for happiness for them as well. Um, so I'm available if anybody has any questions. I'm not offering um, sign-up interviews during this day long, but during the walkings I am available if you have questions. So you're welcome to come up and find me. Um, if nobody particularly finds me in the first little while, I'll probably do some walking in the vicinity. But um, just feel free. If I'm doing walking, just come up and you know tap me. I'm fine to, to be interrupted in whatever I'm doing. So, so we'll walk um, until... 10.40 and um, I'll ring a bell at about 10.35 so if you're walking in the neighborhood right now my watch says about 10.03 that one back there says 10.05 this one says 10.03 let's go by this one <laughs> it's 10.03 <laughs> we'll call it 10.03 and um So if you're walking in the neighborhood, uh, keep track of the time so that you can be back in the vicinity to hear the bell when I ring it at about 10.35 so that we can start our sitting at 10.40. So enjoy your walk. (laughs) 